This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Packing as much as we can over the next 90 minutes, you and I. And there is a heck of a lot of things to talk about. Haven't been on that much of late over the last couple of weeks because of, obviously, the Knicks and the Rangers preemptments and commitments that, of course, we have to honor. But we got the show tonight. We'll do a little greeny programs for you on Thursday and Friday at 10 a.m. So we look forward to those. So let's make the most of it. And I guess, I mean, if we really have to, push comes to shove, I think a good place to start is probably what happened at MetLife Stadium yesterday, which is where I was at. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of you either watched, listened, and experienced a 20-17 to 17 Jet victory over the Big Bad Buffalo Bills, a team that I said before the game even kicked off, I thought from top to bottom, was the best team in the National Football League. Apologies to the Philadelphia Eagles, who haven't lost a game. But I think on a neutral field, Buffalo is the most talented team, best team in the NFL. But they weren't yesterday. They weren't yesterday. And that's the beauty of the NFL, right? you got to play these games. Games are not won and lost on paper. And there's countless reasons why we could sit here and illustrate why it was such a big result for the Jets and why it was so important for them to win that game and everything that it potentially sets them up for for the remainder of the season. Starting with, think about the previous week. And if you're a fan and the way that game transpired against the Patriots, remember, last Monday, Halloween night, you and I were sitting here, we had a full program, did a full show. On the heels of that game, that stinker against the Patriots, a game that the Jets made countless mistakes but still could have easily won it. But there were questions abound about the quarterback, the careless throws, the turnovers, the errors. How are you going to overcome that moving forward? How can you possibly be a team that is expected to go to the playoffs and be considered one of the more talented teams in football if you have a quarterback who is holding you back, right? And we were pretty honest last week. I gave it to him pretty good. I was critical. A lot of the fans were, as to be expected. But it was a loss that left a bad taste in your mouth. And maybe it was one of those, you know what, maybe we aren't as good as we thought we were. Maybe we haven't arrived yet. Maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. And you know what, we can't beat the Patriots. Whatever the reason, doesn't matter if we're the more talented team. We still can't find a way to beat the Patriots. So what happens when you have a game like that? Right, when you lose a game you thought you should have won, you somehow have to make up for that on your schedule by winning a game that maybe most people didn't think you were going to win. And what a great opportunity because next up are the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's best team in the NFL. No way the Jets are going to beat them. I mean, look how much respect Vegas was giving them. Or lack thereof. Double-digit underdogs at home. You would have thought this game was being played. You know, when they set the line, you would have thought the game was being played in Buffalo. And the Jets were only allowed to have eight guys on the field with all the respect they were given Buffalo. Why even bother showing up? Why even bother playing the game? And so you talk about an opportunity, a chance to slay the dragon, a chance to erase the previous week and to get back on track to where this team was headed when they won four games in a row before New England. And it happened. And maybe it didn't happen in a way that we thought it would, but it did. Running the ball down their throats in the fourth quarter. Remember, this Buffalo defense, top defense in the NFL. Offense, number one offense in the NFL. And that defense was completely spent in the fourth quarter. Jets began that drive at the four-yard line. 96 yards to pay dirt. And they ran it. And they ran it again. And they kept running it. And the Bills didn't have an answer. 
And that's what any good team is supposed to do. It's supposed to wear you out for three quarters so then in the fourth quarter they can exert their will at the line of scrimmage and really put an end to a football game on the ground. Zach Wilson didn't have to do much on that drive. You're right, because you know what? The run game took care of it. That's not his fault. But he had to make a throw on third down once the Jets moved into scoring position, and you know what he did? Hit Denzel Mims on that beautiful quick slant. Went up and got the football, secured the ball, first down, two-minute warning. He got a field goal at the very least. And, you know, maybe this is different. Maybe this is different than years past because I don't know about you. In years past, in a game where Denzel Mims had already dropped how many passes? What, three? I think I lost count. Maybe three passes that he couldn't corral, regardless of whose fault it was. Hit him in the hands. He couldn't secure it. You know in years past, that pass in the fourth quarter, would have glanced off at Denzel Mims' body, popped up into the air, and about two Buffalo Bills would have went up and got it for an interception at like the five-yard line or something, and the Jets' hopes would have been dashed. And then Buffalo would have went down the field and kicked the game-winning field goal as time expired. That's what would have happened in previous years, not this year. Not this year. This year, Mims catches the ball. Three plays later, Jets kick a field goal. They got a three-point lead. Then Josh Allen gets the ball back. And then on first down, where it looks like he hooks up with Stephon Diggs on a big play, which maybe gets him into position. Nope, holding penalty. You know why there was a holding penalty? Because the Jet pass rush with Carl Lawson drew a holding penalty. Then Bryce Huff, one of the unsung heroes, a guy who wasn't even active for the first couple of games of the season, using his speed off the edge as a rusher, gets to Josh Allen, strips the football, and the ball goes 19 yards backwards to basically end the game right there and then. You're not going to overcome that loss. And the Jets win a football game that nobody thought that they could win. And now you're talking about a club that is 6-3, and three, Only two teams in the AFC have better records than them. And, oh, by the way, it's only a half a game in Buffalo and Kansas City who are 6-2. and Nobody has more wins than the Jets in the AFC. And you got eight games left going into a bye week. And you know what? Enjoy this one. Enjoy it. You haven't had too many wins like this over the years. You know, there's always a yeah, but it seems like with these victories, right? It's like, oh, yeah, but this. Oh, yeah, but that. Well, they won, but yeah, but. You know, Jets won four in a row. Yeah, they play all these backup quarterbacks. Yeah, but what are you saying yesterday? Okay, the Bills are missing a couple of people on defense. Great. You don't think the Jets had injuries? You know what? You're in week nine in the NFL. Nobody is healthy. Nobody is 100%. A win is a win is a win is a win. Didn't stop Buffalo from beating all these other teams with the guys that they were missing. They're a good team. You know, they've lost two games by a total of five points. Ironically enough, they're both division games. Buffalo still hasn't won a game in the division. But right now, if you're a Jet fan, from what you saw yesterday at MetLife Stadium over the course of three hours, you mean to tell me that this team can't line up and play with anybody in the NFL? NFL. But we'll keep it to the AFC. Because that's all you got to concern yourself with right now. And when was the last time you could say that? When was the last time? What, 1998? (laughs) I mean, you know, when was the last time? And who saw this coming at one and two when the defense couldn't stop anybody? And now this defense is legitimately a top defense in the entire National Football League. Legit. Doesn't matter whether it's on the defensive line, linebackers, the secondary, this unit can take you a long way. 
You thought all their hopes and dreams were dashed of a ground game when Elijah Vera Tucker goes down, Brees Hall goes down. Nope, next man up. Next man up. They clinched that game yesterday on the strength of the run game. And boy, this is a good one to have going into the bye week, right? This is not a bad game to sit on for two weeks. But if you lost it, then you're talking about back-to-back defeats in the division, and you got to sit on it until you go back up to New England next week with an opportunity for some payback and an opportunity to get to 7-3. and three. But you know what? You don't got to worry about the Patriots this week. Don't worry about them. You beat the Bills. You're right there in a division which might be the best in the NFL this year through nine weeks. It's the only division in the league where every team has a winning record, and who would have thought that was going to happen? Nothing is given. You have to earn it. Do it the hard way. Are they a perfect team? Of course not. Are there still questions? Absolutely. But if you're a Jet fan right now, with eight games still to go, and you already have six in the win column, remember, there were people, I don't have to name names, you know who they are, there were people who thought this team would start 0-9. People thought they'd be 0-9 and their season would be over before the bye week. Instead, you know what you got in your hands right now? You got a team with six wins at the bye week. Remember what the Vegas over-under was for this team? Five and a half, which was lunacy. Told you that even during the summer. You wanted an easy bet. You wanted an easy win. Take the Jets with the over. Well, they scratched that one off before he even hit the bye. And with eight games to go, I think the next question is, what's the ceiling? How far can they take this thing? Seen these teams. You've seen the league seen the division, seen the conference. What can this team accomplish this year? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. you got to be fired up. That stadium was bonkers yesterday. And you know what? I like the fact that there were some Bills fans there. You know, I like the fact that there was a smattering of blue in there. Adds to the rivalry. Adds to the back and forth. Adds to the atmosphere. And when they leave disappointed, too, it's even sweeter. Right? Stadium was nuts. Coach's club was nuts, where we broadcast from. Hadn't seen that anything close to resembling the atmosphere and the vibe in that room doing those postgame shows for the five years that been doing it with Greg. And hopefully there's more to come. Like I said, we're with you till 8.30 tonight. 90-minute program. We'll do a lot of football. A lot of football, of course. Giants had the week off, but still got some bad news. Talk about that. We'll go around the NFL, get into some off-season baseball news and notes, and a word or two on the local basketball teams. Knicks, of course, in Minnesota. Nets playing Dallas, and suddenly they can't be beaten. Or they, 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 yeah, they can't be beaten without Kyrie Irving. It's amazing, right? You rid yourself of a distraction for a couple of days, and look what you got. Play winning basketball. But we start with the Jets. The 6-3 and three New York Jets. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Jets victorious. 6-3 and three heading into the bye week. And right there in the discussion to possibly win an AFC East Division Championship. Who would have thought that was possible? In case you're just joining us or in case you haven't been following the news, Josh Allen dealing with a little bit of an elbow injury that I guess was re-aggravated or aggravated in that game yesterday at the Meadowlands. And Buffalo didn't have any concrete word on how severe it was today. They said they hope to find out something tomorrow. Chris Mortensen, our pal from ESPN, treated, or tweeted out that it could potentially be some sort of a UCL injury to where if that's the case, you're looking at a lengthy absence. You're looking at maybe a wide-open division then because Buffalo, no knock on Case Keenum, they're not the same football team with him as opposed to Josh Allen, who was an MVP candidate in the National Football League. He was probably one of the top two, three quarterbacks in the sport. So it's funny how things work themselves out. Everything that we thought we knew, everything we projected and picked in the summertime before the season, that all kind of falls by the wayside when you actually get on the field and start playing these games. Right? Nobody thought the Cincinnati Bengals were going to end up in the Super Bowl last year until they did. Nobody thought the Jets were going to win six games this year until they did. 800-919-3776. But obviously the Super Bowl's a long way away. Started off on the phones. Here's Iron Staten Island. He's first up here on 9870 ESPN. Hello, Ira. How are you? Hey, what's happening, Dan? So glowing after yesterday's win. And I'll tell you. You know, it's amazing. You just you go through the game, you watch it over again, and there are just so many players that made big plays. But, you know, besides the Gardner pick, you know, that really kind of switched the game around, the Jermaine Johnson play, that shoestring tackle, that is just so monumental how this really put the game in, in the Jets' hands. Because if they don't stop the Bills there, it could be a whole different story. Josh Allen had 20 yards in front of him. That was a tremendous play. And, and getting to the quarterback and where this team could go, you know, yesterday's game really, I mean, the circumstances are different, but back in, in the five year, in the 08 year, when they went into Tennessee, I think Tennessee was either 9-0 and or 10-0, and mm-hmm. the Jets were either 6-2 or whatever, I think 6, whatever it was, and, and they defeat the undefeated Titans. And then the following week, they have a night game up in Foxborough, and, and Favre beats, beats the Patriots. And unfortunately, he got hurt, you know, the rest of the story. But this is very, you know, uh, you know, the players are different, the coaches are different, but just very eerie how they 
come off a tremendous home win, biggest home win in years against the Bills, and now they get a little bit of a buy, and then they go up to Foxborough. And listen, you know, the, the team, the coaches, the players, you know, take one game at a time. I, I understand the theory, but I'm a fan, and I get, get like, yeah, you could kind of project and, and think, you know, or, or dream what's going to happen. I think anything's possible as long as Wilson plays within the frame of the what they ask him to do. And I, I saw so much improvement after rewatching the game. They, they, the play calling, maybe it was opponent, maybe it got into his head, but the way he got rid of the ball so quickly, which he hasn't done all year, to me, that was a giant step forward, and hopefully he continues to go that path. Absolutely. I mean, Ira, that, that's the proper way to look at it, and I thank you for the phone call. You, you know, you have to enjoy this one, because I think if you've been a fan of this team for however many years, these wins are hard to come by. These wins are few and far between, are they not? You know, this is not exactly a team that is drunk with prosperity on an annual basis. So when something like this starts to take shape, embrace it. And you would like to think that maybe it's something that does have a lasting effect because the core of this team, it is young players. It's young talent. It's not like, for example, a situation like you see with the L.A. Rams last year who, you know, they sold out, they brought in all these veterans, they went all in to chase a championship, and they got one. You know, so they're not looking back with any sort of regret because they got a Super Bowl ring, and that's going to last forever and ever. But that was a veteran team. It was an older team. Jets are doing it differently. They're doing it the right way, you know, and nobody wanted to hear it three years ago, four years ago when Joe Douglas got here and, you know, they, they began this rebuild and they stripped this roster and there was a lot of dark days and things looked bleak and you just waited for these young guys to develop and then you figure, geez, even the couple of good players that you have on the roster already, they trade them away for draft picks. And you say, well, why can't we keep any players? Well, now you're starting to see all this take shape, Right. And you hope that it's sustainable. And you've heard them talk about it time and time and time again. They don't want this to be a one-hit wonder. They want to build a successful program, but one that is sustainable from one year to the next, where you're going to be in the conversation each and every year. You want to build a culture. You know, you look at some of these teams in the NFL right now, a team like Baltimore, for example. Baltimore's been good for what? Seems like 15 years, maybe longer. John Harbaugh has been the coach there since 2008, and it seems like every season when it starts, you know that the Ravens are a team that you can't take lightly, that they're going to be in the mix. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team like that that has built this tradition. I mean, they're having a rough season this year, but for the most part, you know, they know what they're doing. They know how to build a consistent winner. And that's what they hope that they're building here in New York with this football team. And I don't think it's outlandish. Lonnie in Long Island, up next. Here on 98.7 ESPN. Lonnie, how are you? Dan, how's it going, buddy? What's up, Lonnie? I'm doing great. Fantastic. Got a couple of quick things for you. I had a third, but I only have time for two, I guess. Well, my first thing, my Knicks, I love the Knicks, but they made a big blunder when they didn't go out and get Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks have no, they have no A players. They got all B and C and D. No A's. That's right. You got it. Hey, Lonnie, you know what? Lonnie, you know what? You got R.J. Barrett still because everybody that said that I was crazy back in the summertime when we were talking about this, they loved R.J. Barrett and want to hold on to R.J. Barrett. Now you got him. You better pump him up. Oh, uh, no. We should have. I wish we would have got Morant. We had the second pick that got Morant. We would be so much better off. All right, but, the, hey, the Jets, they want to be with those B players. We're never going to win. All right, getting to the Jets, I love what the Jets did the last few years. 
the draft, I saw it coming. They, those players, I just wish Hall didn't get hurt. Hall didn't get hurt. You, man, the Jets would be, oh, my good, They would be real special. But they're going to be good. As long as those running backs, they do their job, they come in and, and help out Wilson back there, I think the Jets are going to be pretty good. Because that defense is playing. I, I'm telling you, Sal has got that defense playing. Bottom line, Lonnie, thank you for the fo- thanks for the phone call. You know, you talk about it all the time, right? Talk about it all the time in football. The formula that the Jets are putting into place right now to build a winner, the defense, the running game, that stuff travels. That stuff takes you into hostile environments when the weather is bad. You're playing good teams. You know, maybe you don't have as much firepower, but that could take you a long way. (coughs) And the Jets have that right now. They can run the football. That defense, I would say right now, no worse than top five in the National Football League. No worse than top five. And the talent has been upgraded on this team. You said there's a, like, well, what's different? What's changed? You know what? Just There's better players. First and foremost, yeah, you give coaches credit for everything that they're doing and preaching and teaching and all those things. But you know what? Great players make great coaches. A coach is only as good as the guys he has to work with. <coughs> like I mentioned it on the postgame show yesterday. You look at a guy like Bryce Hall. Not Brees Hall, Bryce Hall. Remember him? He's still on the team. Cornerback. Guy started every game last year. Guy was only in his second year last He's only a third-year player. Guy started every game at one of the cornerback positions. He was one of the guys that you thought was, okay, he was drafted here, got him in the middle rounds because he suffered an injury in college at Virginia, or else maybe he would have been drafted higher based on talent. That's one guy that maybe you look to build around. Bryce Hall went from starting every game last year to now he's only been active for one game. Forget about starting. Active. You know why? Because they brought in better players. And this is no knock on Bryce Hall. He's a good kid. And he's a good player. And you know what? If it's not going to work out here for him, hopefully it works out someplace else. Because he's good enough to play in the league. But that just goes to show you. You know, they go sign DJ Reed. DJ Reed's having a Pro Bowl year. They draft Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner's playing, forget about like a Pro Bowler, he's playing like an All-Pro. And DJ Reed is playing damn good football. Damn good football. You know, when you bring in guys like that, you upgrade the personnel, you're going to win games. And the way that they've won, it's not fluky. Like, there were years where you say, oh, you know, like that Cleveland game, for example. All right, that was a little fluky. You know, you had that miracle in the last couple of minutes. All right, but that was a long time ago. That might as well have been last season, a week two football game. There have been teams over the years where they get off to a nice start. Like, I remember that one year. It was 2000, probably, like the Al Groh year with the Jets. They jumped out to a 6-1 and one start, and they had a couple of, like, miraculous wins that year. You know, the Monday Night Miracle against the Dolphins when they were down by, you know, almost 28 points going into the fourth quarter. That doesn't happen every day. You know, they had that crazy game down in Tampa Bay against Keyshawn with the Curtis Martin halfback option. That was a crazy kind of, you know, late fourth quarter type win. They had another one of those earlier in the season on a Monday night against New England. And you wondered if that was sustainable or not, and it ultimately wasn't because at the end of the season they didn't even make the playoffs. They came up short. But this team isn't winning games like that. This team is just lining up and beating you. 
They're dominating games in the trenches. They're wearing out the opponent in the trenches over the course of 60 minutes. Both sides of the football. That is sustainable. 800-919-3776. We come back. How far can this thing go? Plus, we'll get into some other matters, too, around the National Football League, including the Giants. And a message to the Jets and a lesson to the Jets. And as they get set to embark on their bye week, be careful. Look both ways before you cross the street, that type of stuff. Because you don't want to come back in worse shape than you were before you left for the bye. And the Giants are dealing with that reality right now. We'll talk about that. Dan Grasso Show till late 30, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Remember, we're taking it right up until 8.30 on this Monday night. Then we'll turn it over to Dan Grassa, who's got Nick's pregame against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, yeah, that's me. Boy, I better start getting ready for that one. Um, Jets got eight more games to play after this bye week, of course. You're sitting there at 6-3. and three. Where can this thing go? How far can they take this? Well, if you just want to look short-term and you say, all right, we'll make the playoffs. That's first, and that's the first goal, right? Make the playoffs. Well, if you go 4-4 four and four the rest of the way, you play 500 ball, that gets you to 10. You go 10-7, and seven, you're probably in, barring something drastic right now. Because if you look at the rest of the AFC – Unless there's a club that's going to come out of that pack and suddenly get red stinking hot in the second half of the year, 10-7 and seven should do the trick. But are you limiting yourself to going 500 over the last eight games of the season? You catch my drift? Like, what you've seen from this team already, it's like, hey, if you beat the Buffalo Bills, why can't you beat anybody? At Patriots, you know that you got one coming there. Then he got Chicago at home. Okay, Chicago gave you a good performance last week or yesterday at home, almost beat Miami. Justin Fields playing really, really good football. Same Chicago team that went up to Foxborough and beat up the Patriots on Monday night just a couple of weeks ago. Then he go to Minnesota. Minnesota's really good. Minnesota's at home. But Minnesota plays a lot of close games, a lot of close games. And maybe just maybe like one of those games is not going to go their way. Then you go to Buffalo. Tough game, right? You're not going to be favored in that game. Don't even know who the quarterback is going to be for Buffalo. Maybe it's not Josh Allen. Who knows? Then you got the Lions at home. Extremely winnable game. Then the Jaguars at home. 
on a Thursday night, three days before Christmas, Jaguars will probably be long eliminated already. You know, holidays coming up, playing out the string, short week on the road. Jacksonville may want no part of that football game. Then you go to Seattle for New Year's Day, which could be a little tricky. Geno Smith, Seahawks playing inspired football. And then you close out the season in Miami against the Dolphins. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at that schedule, you say to yourself, absolutely, there's at least four wins there. There might be more. Right? When you're hitting your stride and you're playing as well as you are now, why should you restrict yourself to maybe only going 500 the rest of the season? So is a playoff spot in the cards? Yeah, I think it is. I really and truly think it is. And whatever news you get out of Buffalo tomorrow involving Josh Allen and his elbow, and look, you don't want to see anybody get hurt and, and you know miss time and that sort of thing, but that changes the complexion of that football team. Should he be missing time? Subi in Midtown, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Subi, how are you? Hey, I got a statement and then a question regarding the Zach Wilson press conference. You know, they said he got the ball out in 2.3 seconds. I think that should be like the game plan going forward. And then also the side angle, whatever you want to call it, throw formation, throw up format. I think that's what he has to uh, stick to because that's what was giving him success uh, during the Bills with the Bills. Now, regarding uh, the, like, the game plan for the Patriots going forward, do they – have the capability to just use the same game plan they used with the Bills and like mix it up here and there because that's the safest way to play. And regarding like even three and outs, they they avoid the three and outs or they you know they make the drives more successful. I think even bringing in like Elijah Moore in that uh, format where you give him a, like a quick pass and let him do his thing. That's what I think they should keep doing. Sort of follow the same game plan that they followed with the Bills. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Well, I think, Subi, thanks for the phone call. I think what you do is, obviously, you're not going to put one the same game plan you used for one opponent and use it against another opponent because each team has different strengths and weaknesses. Now, are the Jets going to roll out there the same game plan they used against the Patriots two weeks ago? Probably not. They're going to make some tweaks, just like Bill Belichick and the Patriots coaching staff is going to also imply towards the Jets, right? You have to be a chameleon. You have to always be adapting in the NFL because teams change, personnel changes, And you don't want to go about trying to play the same way week in and week out. I mean, all those years, that's the one thing you say about the Patriots. All those years with Brady and Belichick, they were a different team each week. Each and every Sunday, they had a different game plan, the way they were going to play, the way they were going to attack an opponent. It didn't matter. And that's what made them so hard, or one of the reasons it made them so hard to figure out on a weekly basis. That's why they were so successful. With yesterday, though, here's the difference between yesterday and and the week before against the Patriots, they ran the football. They ran the football more effectively. That was one of the things that was maddening about the week before is that, you know, the Patriots were coming off of a game on Monday night against the Bears where Chicago ran the ball for like 250 yards. So you thought that that was going to be a big part of the Jet game plan, and they didn't have success running the ball early. They got away from it early because they fell behind, and that's when you had the miscues and the errors start piling up with Zach Wilson there in the passing game, which made matters worse. So, yeah, if you establish the run and let the passing game work off of that, I think that probably lends itself more beneficial to what the Jets would like to do, utilizing the way their quarterback is playing right now. Because I don't think that it does the Jets any favors, albeit this is a passing league. And albeit this is the modern NFL, I don't think it does the Jets any favors if you have the quarterback out there throwing the ball 50 times. I, I, I just don't. 
because that's when the errors start to pile up. You know, it's amazing, too. Like, Subi mentioned Elijah Moore. Ain't it funny? Like, Jets won a game yesterday. And not a peep was mentioned about Elijah Moore after the game. By me, by Gray, anybody. And he had no targets in the game again. Zero. Zilch. But all that stuff goes away when you're winning. It's only a distraction, it seems like, when you're losing games. Because then you have to kind of like find negatives and find reasons as to why this isn't working out. But when you win, nobody cares. Maybe that and the fact that the trade deadline is come and gone. So, like, he could be unhappy. He could be displeased. He's not going to get traded because he can't this year. You know, he's going to be a Jet for the rest of the season. You know, Denzel Mims was unhappy. Denzel Mims kept working, got himself back in the lineup with Corey Davis going down with an injury. And now we'll see if Mims has maybe carved out a little bit of a role for himself moving forward. I know that he's not sitting there catching a ton of passes. But you know what Mims is doing? He's contributing in the running game. You see him the way he's blocking out on the perimeter and setting an edge. Very, very effective when it comes to springing some of those big runs that they've had this year. A couple of those Brees, that Brees Hall run in Denver. Denzel Mims was the guy who got that key block on the outside. And we didn't see much of Brees Hall after that, unfortunately. But it's not Denzel Mims' fault. He had nothing to do with it. Brenton Denver is up next. Speaking of Denver, he's on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Brent. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? How you doing, Colin? Everything's good with you. What's um, up, Brent? I want to touch base on, um, on Zach Wilson a little bit. I, I know he's a rookie. I know he's following orders and everything, but he's got to show a little confidence. If he doesn't uh, show a little – I think he's playing at a 5 or a 4. If he does a 7 or an 8 out of a 10, he'll have his job. But if he does, he keeps up with a, with a par average – Every time he comes out, I don't think he will have that job next year. I think. Well, let me ask you, think, Brent. Let me uh, ask you a question. What would you like if you're going by the number system? What number would you assign the grade for how he played yesterday? Very like a like a five and a half. He just did what like when they got down in the red zone. He that I know he's not calling the plays, but make it happen. There was multiple times where he could have just dotted out and taken it in for himself. You know, there's multiple times he could have seen the holes and take it in, but he didn't. He played it safe, and I guess he's petting the knee, too. So, you know, like, I just need to see a little bit more. I just need to see a little more toughness. Give me that. Yeah, but I, toughness, he, you know? Brent, here's the thing, though, and, and I thank you for the phone call. Remember, there were a couple of plays yesterday, third down conversions, where Zach ran and got the first down with his legs. Okay, so you saw that athleticism, you saw that mobility. Something that maybe he was a little bit reluctant to do the week before, which I think he was guilty of a couple of times against the Patriots, that he didn't take off running forward. Instead, it was all the re- – and I don't think, by the way, I don't think you saw a lot of that yesterday. And that was one of the things that kind of drove you nuts about the Patriot game is that he was way too quick to retreat and escape the pocket and run sideways and run backwards and trying to, you know, make the miracle video game backyard football type play. You didn't see that yesterday. He hung in the pocket. He was decisive. He got rid of the football. No, by the way, didn't make any mistakes. Didn't make any mistakes. And I see, I don't know if I would necessarily say that it was a four or a five, how you want to grade his performance. And even if you get that type of performance, you won the game, didn't you? It was a good enough performance to beat the best team in football, was it not? So what more do you need? Like, you're not doing this for style points. It's about going out there and executing and winning the game. If your quarterback goes out there, delivers the football, doesn't make mistakes, 
your defense plays at a high level, you get that running game going, to me that sounds like a successful formula for winning football games. That's just me. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We come back, switch gears, do a little bit of Giants. Then we'll go around the NFL here. Remember, we're taking it until 830 then it's Knicks basketball, Knicks and T-Wolves coverage here on 98.7. It's Dan Grasso Show right here on ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Dan Grasso Show hanging out with you till 8.30. Then we got Knicks, T-Wolves, little basketball. Every team in the NBA in action this evening. 15 games, staggered starts because the NBA is going to take tomorrow off because of the election day there. So everybody is in action tonight, including the Knickerbockers, who will try to get back in the win column uh, against the Minnesota team. That's not going to have Rudy Gobert in the lineup, so maybe that's a little bit of a glimmer of hope for the Knickerbockers. He's in the health and safety protocols, but you still got to deal with Anthony Edwards, still got to deal with Carl Anthony Towns, among others. And more importantly, just try to shore some things up on the defensive side of things. I mean, you know, that one the other night against the Celtics. I know it's the Celtics, but... You know, bombs away from three, you know, to where the Celtics, this is the Boston Celtics, who have as rich and storied a tradition as, you know, any team in the league. And when the Celtics set a franchise record for made threes in a game in your gym, that's a little worrisome. And the way that the Knicks have defended three this year uh, leaves a lot to be desired. You know, give up the most threes per game. That's not necessarily a successful formula for winning games, especially in today's NBA when the three ball especially is as prevalent and as important as it is. Let's say hi to Mark. He is in Newark. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Marky, how are you? Hey, Dan. Nice to talk to you, bro. What's up, Mark? Hey, man. Well, the last time I spoke with you, I told you what I don't like about Zach, which was that he looks scared and that he bails all the time, which all of which is 100% fact. <laughs> but... For me, this is what I see. Like the last caller said something about he think he was like a five. I saw a lot more than that. And I'm like through the roof because I'll put it to you this way. How many times have – how much fun is it, us, is it for us as fans when we see the light come on for a quarterback? There's nothing like it. Remember when it came on for Tom Brady? Remember, this year it came on for Geno Smith. And I love when that happens and, and that I get a chance to see it happen. Well, for me, the light came on for him, for Zach, and LaFleur because Zach, for the first time in, since I've been watching this kid, looks like he couldn't wait to get up to the huddle. Looked like he was in command of the offense. Looks like he liked being in command instead of run, as opposed to running around and bailing. He, he was methodical because he let the plays run, and he ran the play called. And he stood in the sweet spot of the pocket the whole game, maybe except for one or two plays he ran out. But he stood in the sweet spot of the pocket, that place where Brady's been standing at forever. It's, it's the hardest place for them to get to, and it gives them time. Now, if you notice, he threw a lot of passes. This is his first time doing it. So he threw a lot of passes to uh, Wilson, which is cool. He threw a good third down, a really, really important third down slant to Mims, which was beautiful, perfect. Mm -hmm. He, he threw a, he threw a couple of shots last, even against the Patriots. He he stood in the pocket a couple of times, launched a couple of beautiful shots to Conklin, and 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 so my point is, if 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 between him and Lafleur, keep him there because because he's his, it's going to expand. 
He's not going to just be like, I got to throw it to Wilson. I got to throw it to Wilson. Um, it's going to expand. But the more he stays in there, he's going to find that there's other guys that are open for bigger opportunities or easier passes or whatever, whatever plan B of the play is. There's always that. It's like your, your one read, and then sometimes your second read is your one read. But he'll learn all of that stuff and then become proficient at it. And he's got the arm, man. He had to like those passes he was throwing it. I did. It was like, now that's the Zach that has the ceiling that everybody's talking about. As long as he, they keep him in that formation and learning what it's like to make your reads, go through your progression, take off those couple of first downs he ran for, that's how you do it. It wasn't there. He's like, let me go ahead and get this first down. And they were, they were critical. And he did it. Instead of running backwards, he ran forward. It, it, was, and, just, it was fun watching him grow up. And, and you know what, Mark? I, I don't know, and thank you for the phone call. I don't know if you say that, you know, one game he arrives because we had this conversation earlier in the year. Think back to his first start. Right, remember that game in Pittsburgh when he led the fourth quarter comeback, the two fourth quarter touchdowns, made big throws, and, and, and fans were excited saying, well, you got your quarterback now. He's the guy. He's arrived. And then you had a couple of games a couple of weeks after that to where he didn't make a lot of good plays. Right, that Denver game. He was very fortunate to get out of there without any, with commit, without committing any costly, costly mistakes, and everything hit the you know what against the Patriots. So what I liked about yesterday more than anything was that he was heavily scrutinized. All eyes were on him going into that game yesterday, just because of how poorly he played the week before. So for him to clean up the mistakes, to deliver the team home a victory in the face of all that adversity, it shows you, yeah, there's something to work with. That's why you drafted this guy so high. But is he a finished product yet? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He'll be the first one to tell you there's still a lot more room for growth. Coaches will tell you that too. But the important statistic you look at, like one of the callers was saying, you know, five, four and eight, whatever. Five is the number of games he's won this year. They're five and one with him as the starting quarterback. That to me is room for growth.